All right, hello and welcome to another episode of Just a Girl from Cleveland. This is episode 70, which is pretty exciting. We're just moving right along here. Um, I decided to not record an episode last week, if you didn't notice. Uh, Ohio State wasn't playing, the Browns were on a bye, so I felt like that was a good opportunity to just take a beat, uh, take a week off, and then come back this week to talk about the Browns winning, which is super exciting. Um, I know it wasn't the most perfect game in the world, but uh, very few have been perfect in the NFL this year, so I am happy with the win. It is always good to beat the Ravens, a team in our division, uh, a team that is currently leading our division. This win kept our playoff hopes alive. It kept our chance of winning the division alive. It moved us above the Bengals in the division because we have the head-to-head tiebreaker with them. So, you know, it wasn't a pretty game at times, but at the end of the day, when the clock hit zero, we had more points than the Ravens, and I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, before I get into specifics from the game and some more NFL stuff, I actually wanted to talk about a few other things first. I want to talk some NBA, talk a little Heisman, um, and before I do either of those things, just need to mention, um, I have been crying every time I see a video of Dick Vitale at a college basketball game calling a game. It is so emotional uh, to watch that man do the job that he loves so much. And if you haven't been following along, uh, he has been getting cancer treatments, like chemotherapy treatments for cancer for the last couple of months, I believe. Um, And he still is fighting through it and managing to go call college basketball games in between doing these treatments. It's pretty remarkable, but every time that the crowd applauds for him or um, they make some type of statement for him, he gets so choked up and emotional and I can't help but um, feel emotional for him. It's just... It's amazing to see how much he truly loves what he does. He's one of those guys that I think would rather be calling a college basketball game more than anything in the entire world that is the number one place he wants to be. Uh, And it's just fun to watch somebody who loves something so much um, and is battling something so awful and and so horrible that no one deserves. So if you have a chance, take a look at some of those videos because they are inspiring and heartwarming and I literally cry every single time I watch them, but I cry at a lot of things. Uh, It just gets me every single time. So I had to mention that. Go take a look if you need a little uh, inspiration in your life. Okay, Heisman real quick. So obviously Bryce Young from Alabama won the Heisman, which I don't even want to talk about that because... I feel like I was kind of expecting that to happen. That wasn't the uh, crazy thing. That was my takeaway from the Heisman ceremony. My crazy takeaway was um, after Hutchinson made some comment when he was speaking about how it was his goal this season to um, beat Ohio State to win the Big Ten Championship, you know, that obviously he had to bring that up, and I get that. He's not the one I'm mad at. after that, Tim Tebow jumped in and made kind of a lighthearted comment saying to Kenny Pickett, like, oh, hey, I'm glad you're in between them, referring to uh, C.J. Stroud being on the other side, kind of breaking up the Michigan and Ohio State guy. And he said, I'm glad you're in between them. Please stay there. And then somebody I do not like at all, Desmond Howard, made the dumbest comment I have heard in quite some time saying, better than his offensive line. And CJ did not even crack a smile in that moment. He did not 
react in any way. He was stone cold, just staring straight forward. Um, and I'm sure he was probably fuming. And I just thought it was incredibly disrespectful. I don't think the Heisman stage is a place for you to stand up there and trash talk and make a comment like that. Uh, Ohio State has had many Heisman winners over the years, uh, and I don't remember a moment of disrespect like that. Um, I know Desmond Howard has always been pretty bitter about Ohio State, but I just I thought it was insane that he did that in that moment. And uh I'm sure C.J. Stroud is going to take that as motivation, little chip on his shoulder um, to be disrespected in a moment that's just really supposed to be about celebrating some of the best players in college football from that year, celebrating the guy who won, um, and just these elite performances from these really, I mean, kids, they're teenagers, and he had to go in and and make some dumb comment. I just, I have no energy or time for that, and I hope we are able to make him eat his words next year. Um, And that just kind of made me think about how excited I actually am for CJ next year. He's got one year under his belt now, a little bit more comfortable. Um, You know, we're hopefully going to be improving our defense next year to, you know, offset the good things that our offense was doing deep into the season and I'm just looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do in the coming years for for the Buckeyes and uh, he should not let those dumb comments get to him and I don't think they did I think he just he handled it perfectly he did not crack um, a smile he didn't say anything he just stared straight ahead and that was it so much respect to CJ and no respect to anyone else. Okay, so to get into the Cavs now real quick, um, I have not talked about the Cavs much on this podcast because I've just been so focused on NFL football and college football and just it's been taking so much of my time um, to kind of talk about that on here that I just haven't gotten into the Cavs. Uh, That does not mean I haven't been watching. I have been watching as many games as possible. I've gone to a couple games this season so, so exciting to see and just such an unexpected surprise uh, to have the Cavs playing uh, as good as they have been this season. And I know it's still early on and and there's a lot of time left. Um, I'm recording this right after the Cavs just beat Miami tonight. Uh, and Miami was fourth in the Eastern Conference standings. The Cavs were fifth. So uh, this will put us right above them now, which is so exciting to see. I I think it's almost more exciting because the expectations for the Cavs this season, at least for me, were sitting around 30 wins. I was hoping we could maybe get a play-in spot, and now I'm like, we could be an extremely high seed in Eastern Conference, and I've thrown my little hints out there on Twitter this year that there is a possibility of a Cavs-Warriors finals rematch again, which is something I did not even think would be possible, but I don't know. It really kind of is, and that sounds insane, but it truly is possible. Um, And I think my favorite thing about watching the Cavs this season uh, is just the way this team works together. The ball is being shared by so many different guys, Every game, I swear, there are at least like eight or nine guys in double-digit points, which is kind of exciting to look at when you see that final box score, that the ball's getting distributed pretty nicely. A lot of people are contributing, um, and just a lot of people taking that next step in their career 
Jared Allen and Darius Garland, in my mind, are absolute all-stars. I think both of them should be all-stars this season. Evan Mobley is rookie of the year, in my mind. His defense is incredible, uh, and he's he's showing such strong defense, at, like literally two months into his professional career. that That's insane to think about, that he's already playing at such a high level. Um, in terms of, like I was mentioning, how many different guys are scoring. This season, Darius Garland is averaging 19 points per game. Jared Allen, 17.3 points per game. Uh, Colin Sexton, who's obviously injured, was at 16 points per game before his injury. Very unfortunate we don't have him, but people have picked up the slack uh, since that time. Uh, Lori Markinen, 14.2. Evan Mobley, 14. Ricky Rubio, 13. Love his veteran presence on that team. I, I feel more confident when he comes on that court, because I, I think he really controls the offense well and brings that, like I said, needed veteran presence to, to this team. Uh, Chetty, 11.6 points per game. He's really taken a next step this season as well. Kevin Love, 11.4 points per game, who has really fallen into this new role that the team has given him perfectly. He is producing more than he has for the team in years. Today, he had uh, at least last when I looked, it was 23 points. I'm sure he had a couple more points uh, before I before I finished um, looking at the box score, but just really good to see him playing so well again. And he seems excited and rejuvenated, and he wants to be out there, and he's pumped to see the team do well. Uh, he seems like a new person again. Uh, Okoro is really coming together as well. He is averaging 8.4 points per game. He had a really solid game tonight uh, against the Heat, just nailing some three-pointers. Dean Wade, 4.5 points per game. Lamar Stevens, 2.7. Dylan Windler, 2.6. The list goes on a little more and gets a little bit less uh, relevant, but uh, nonetheless, we have a lot of guys contributing and scoring, um, which is everything you can ask for. And I think that's going to help us long-term, especially as um, you continue to battle through different injuries or COVID issues. You need a lot of guys to be able to step up. And in terms of what we've accomplished this season, we have had quite a few injury issues. And we also, up until a few games ago, had the hardest schedule in the entire NBA. Uh, our remaining schedule is actually the easiest schedule in the entire NBA, and we were already able to play at such a high level. I have no idea even what to expect now that we have the easiest schedule uh, remaining of what we're going to be able to do to some of these teams. Uh, we really are blowing out some of the not-so-good teams, which is something we haven't been able to do, and we're hanging in there with the great teams and sometimes beating those teams. So it's it's everything you can ask for, and it's what we kind of needed during this Brown season, and that's why expectations are everything, because, you know, a couple years ago, if the Browns were playing how they're playing right now, we probably would have been super excited about it because the expectations were going to be so low. When you start having expectations of performing at a high level, that's when you start experiencing more disappointment. Um, and we aren't able to experience disappointment with the Cavs right now because any good thing that we do is beyond uh, any dreams that we had for this season. So it's it's really exciting. And 
I hope we can keep it up. I hope there's no point where we hit a wall and start slowing down. I, I know all teams go through lulls, and I'm sure there will be a moment where we go on some bad stretches here or there. We have some young guys. I think we have a, a decently young team. I f- think our average age is around 25 years old, so pretty young team in general. Um, but hopefully we can just keep things going, keep playing uh, exciting basketball, I love every time one of those guys gets on the mic after a game and talks about how much they want to win for Cleveland, uh, how you can't come around and push this team around anymore. You can't do that in Cleveland. Uh, It's exciting to see how much they're embracing the team and the city. Those are my favorite kind of teams. So um, I just love to see it. And we will have a lot more Cavs talk on this podcast coming forward because um, one, it's just fun basketball, and two, as as football starts to come to a close, we're going to need to fill it out with some new conversations, Um, which brings me into the football conversation for today. So before I get into the Browns game, I want to quickly just talk about the AFC playoff picture as it stands because it's really fascinating where things lie right now, and uh, nobody knows what is going to happen. So in terms of division leaders right now, we've got first seed Patriots, second seed Titans, third seed Chiefs, fourth seed Ravens. Um, those are our division leaders right now. Following that, at five, we have Chargers, six, we have Colts, and seven, we have Bills. Right now, the Browns are on the bubble at eight, the Bengals are at nine, the Broncos are at 10, and the Steelers are at 11. So uh, AFC North really filling out that bubble nicely. But Um, It's interesting because within the AFC North, there are quite a few division matchups left. We still play the Bengals and the Steelers one more time. Uh, We also, all teams in that division, have some really tough matchups to come on the schedule. So for the Browns, we play the Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. Pretty hard schedule left. Um, Mostly nervous about that Packers game. For me, I'm counting that one in my mind as a loss. I would like to win the other three, um, and I think we would make the playoffs if we did that. The Steelers play the Titans, the Chiefs, the Browns, and the Ravens. Again, pretty hard schedule for them as well. Um, The Chiefs are coming into full form now. Probably not an exciting time to be playing the Chiefs on your schedule. Um, And they're currently, the Steelers are currently sitting at last in the AFC North. The Bengals play the Broncos, the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Browns. So they also have the Chiefs on their schedule remaining. And then the Ravens also have a very tough schedule here. Packers, Bengals, Rams, Steelers. Packers and Rams, two two very tough games. Um, The Bengals, I believe, beat the Ravens decently earlier this season. I think the Steelers might have beat them once as well. So... Uh, they've they've got it cut out for them for the rest of the season, and Lamar is now injured. No idea when he's coming back. So when I read all of that off, I just I don't even know what predictions to make because the division is completely up for grabs, uh, and these seeds that I just listed out are going to shift so much in the next couple of weeks. Um, I don't even know when we'll have actual clarity. It really feels like when we get to that final week, when the Browns play the Steelers. Um, and or the Browns play the Bengals and the Steelers play the Ravens. Those are two of the last games of the season. It feels like those are going to be crucial at that point in deciding who is going to win the division, who's going to maybe be a wild card team. But 
it's kind of exciting to have it like this more so than having it all figured out and having, you know, the last three or four games of the season not mean as much. Uh, it's pretty thrilling to have it look like this. I wish the Browns, though, were in a more comfortable position. Um, but that brings me into the game from this past weekend. The Browns won. Thank God. Winning is fun. I am going to do my best to not be too negative in this conversation because I like winning and I don't want to take winning for granted. And at the end of the day, when the clock hit zero, we had more points than them. And that is all that matters at the end of the day. So even everything I'm going to go through and the things we need to work on and improve upon, we won the game and we found a way to get it done. And that's really important um, because it, it kept our season alive. So within the game, some of the things that I think I was struggling with were, number one, our run game really just has not been um, what we expected lately. So Nick Chubb had 17 carries for 59 yards, only averaging 3.5 yards per carry. Uh, a little concerning to see that production be so minimal, uh, just not his best game. Obviously, Kareem Hunt got hurt. He's most likely going to miss this upcoming matchup against the Raiders, which is unfortunate because I think it is pretty much proven at this point that our offense is much better when Kareem Hunt is on the field or is an option for us. So disappointing that we won't have him for the Raiders matchup. I am praying we will have him back for Christmas Day against the Packers because we are going to need uh, every everything we can get <laughs> when we play that Packers team. And that defense that has really started to come together for them, obviously we know their offense can fire it off, so we got to be able to match that um, on our side of the ball. Uh, good news, our defense looked awesome again. So happy for Miles Garrett getting a touchdown, his first touchdown uh, in the NFL ever. Very exciting. It was a much-needed play. He really deserved that with, I mean, he's had an exceptional year already, obviously, um, continuing to inch up the ladder on sacks week after week after week, which has been great to see. But to have him be able to um, pick up that ball and run it into the end zone was was really exciting for him. Um, other good thing, DPJ. He had five receptions for 90 yards. Pretty nice game for him. Uh, really nice catch on the sideline. Jarvis had his first touchdown of the season, which was good to see. And um, the last really positive thing was uh, some special team stuff. So one, I loved seeing JoJo Natson do a really great job returning after they took Demetrik Felton out for kind of messing up. I believe it was two punt returns that he, he kind of screwed up a little bit and fumbled around. Um, JoJo ended up being signed to the 53-man roster today, I think, as a little bit of a re reward for how great of a job he did in returning. Um, he was returning kickoffs and punts, I believe, so that was, it was exciting to see. I also liked our new punter, um, who had to step in this week for COVID reasons. He did a decent job, so maybe there could be some reason to keep rolling with that. We'll see, we'll see what they do. Uh, and then to get into Baker. So Baker was 22 of 32 with 190 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Just an okay stat line. I thought he looked really good actually in the first half. There were some bright moments um, and he was playing pretty well. I think our offense just completely struggled in the second half across the board. And I think it's this constant issue we are dealing with, with playing conservative offense when we get up by a lot. 
in the first half. We come out in the second half and we play scared. We don't play to win. We play to not lose. And that's not always the smartest way to actually go out and win a game. So I think there were some comments from Baker that maybe he also would like to not play conservative defense or conservative offense like that in uh, this the second half. We do that with our defense sometimes too, uh, where we're just trying to not lose. And I don't like playing like that. Keep your foot on the gas. Keep going, especially against the team like a Ravens team that can just turn it on at any moment. Um, they are one of those teams that even when Lamar Jackson is out, they're just a well-run franchise and a well-run team that has been doing this for a long time at a high level that they can turn it on at any moment so you just got to keep going and keep putting your foot on the gas do not let up and we let up a lot so I'd like to see that change especially as we get into these next few weeks there's not really an easy week left the Raiders could I mean we lost to the Raiders last season in a horrible weather game um They haven't been that great this season. I know they've dealt with a ton of issues, whether it was coaching or players or whoever, um, but they could still very much be in a competitive game with us. Packers, we know, is going to be a tough game. The Steelers already beat us once this season, hoping that does not happen again. I know we are a better team than they are. Like We should definitely win that game, but... You never know what's going to happen when you get late in the season. These cold weather games, the game will be in Pittsburgh. Uh, And then the Bengals, I know we destroyed them earlier this year. They will be coming to Cleveland for the last week of the year. But the Bengals can get hot at any moment. Obviously, we played a great game against them, but we had some big explosive turnovers and big plays that allowed us to to get up. Uh, If we don't do that against them, they definitely have a shot at beating us too. So we're going to have to come out and play hard on every single one of these last four games if we want to make the playoffs. Uh, And I'm hoping we're, we're able to do that because I would love to see another playoff season, second straight. We are supposed to be there. This is a team that should be in the playoffs and I'm I just, I want us to make it happen. Um, But that is all I have for you guys today. I am watching this Rams-Cardinals game right now. It is 13-13 as I speak. So huge game happening right now for NFC implications on just um, thoughts on who is at the top of of that conference. So exciting stuff happening. We love an exciting Monday night football game. Um, if you could, guys could just leave me a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts, follow, subscribe, all of that good stuff. I would really, really appreciate it. Um, share with friends, family, all that good stuff. Uh, and I will catch you on the next one, hopefully after another Browns win. We'll see what happens.